Welcome to the Branches Podcast. Following the lead of Jesus, we seek to embrace people regardless of their background or their present ground in the hope they find holy ground. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about the reckless love of Jesus or our community of faith, please visit our website at branchesoc.com. All right, a pizza that's calling my name. It's sucking me in right now. All right, so this is history for us here at Branches. We were trying to figure out how could we choose the most intimate Sunday we've ever had in the history of Branches. And so we decided, it's Valentine's Day, but let's do it anyways. It's Sunday night, it's 5.30, it's freezing, and it's a holiday weekend. So let's just, that we figured that's the perfect storm, but there was no way we were going to miss Lent because it's important. Um, even if there was only three of us here. So I'm going to start us off because um, I want to give us direction on what, why we're doing this and where we're headed and what this... So, all right. So, family of Christ, the early followers of Jesus, they observed Lent with great devotion. So Lent was a time where the people would attempt to mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically follow Jesus to the cross. It became a custom to mark what is called the Passion and the Resurrection with a 40-day season of preparation. And this typically starts on Wednesday, um, called Ash Wednesday. During this season, new believers are to be prepared for baptism. Those who have separated themselves from the church are invited to find their way home to participate in the life of the church. And we are all called to a season of confession and then repentance. In this way, the whole congregation is reminded of the mercy and forgiveness proclaimed in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the need we all have to renew our faith. I invite you, therefore, in the name of Jesus, to observe a holy Lent by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting, and self-denial, and by reading and meditating on God's holy word to make a right beginning of change And as a mark of our mortal earthly nature, let us bow before our Creator and Savior. Not just for tonight, but during this entire Lenten series. Show me who you are. 
into um, a prayer to help us enter into Lent, and I think it's behind me. Um, Oh God, help us to use this season of Lent to examine our attachments and to sense where you invite us to live more simply and deeply. Let the wave of your love flood the private corners of our lives where we have acquired so much clutter 
that has become and that it has begun to restrict our freedom. Grant us the strength to free ourselves from appetites and needs that drive us into taking, having, and wanting more than we need or have time for. Weave us more together as a church so that we may encourage one another on this journey. May we spur one another onto freedom in Christ, makers of peace rather than to deprive, generous rather than to covetousness, (laughs) and kind rather than hurtful. We offer you our Lenten observance. And today, we place our feet on the road to Easter and walk the way that you have walked before us. Amen. So last week, um, we talked about this series that we're in right now called... uh, the space between and um this i thought was really appropriate for the beginning of lent because jesus told chose to walk this journey of being stuck in that space between the human condition Um, another way to say the space between is it's that space you're in when you ask yourself the question What do I do when there's nothing that I can do? And Jesus was in that, wasn't he? He had made the decision, but he knew what needed to be done. And so he walked in that space, knowing what was in front of him. Now for us, um, we get stuck in a lot of different situations. I got in one uh, this past week where a good friend of mine, uh, a Salvadorian uh, who lives in El Salvador came down with COVID. And like most people, you get COVID, and most people, they get through it really fast. Well, he didn't. And so I got texts from uh, his family saying he was in the hospital, and then he was on that journey of, of he's doing better, he's doing worse, he's doing better, he's doing way worse, he's doing a little bit better now, he's way worse, to the point where they were very concerned for him living. And um, what do you do? What do you do when there's nothing you can do, when you're in that space? And so they were in that space. And not only were they in that space, but all those of us who love them felt even more in that space. I know that when I've gone through difficulty, it's the people outside of me that are even more caught in that space than me when I'm going through it. Because they feel even more helpless. And so that's what we define as the space between. And this Lent, the purpose of Lent for us is preparation. And so we look at ourselves like the disciples following Jesus on the road to the cross. And as he's on this journey, he has his disciples that are following behind him. And isn't it encouraging to know that these people not just these disciples, but the many people that were following Jesus also had to deal with so much suffering, so much difficulty. Um, and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to watch and we're going to follow Jesus on this journey. And uh, Matt, actually, I was going to have um, me take care of the slides, but I'm, is it cool if I just pass it on to you? Awesome. Thanks, man. I'm going to pass this, the slide job on to you. Um, and then I'll take us in a different direction. So what we're going to look at right now is this passage uh, of watching Jesus as he chose to walk down this road. So we're primarily going to be in the book of Mark. So if you could go there right now, Mark 14, 32. Um, I'll have the verses behind me, but if you have your Bibles or your phone uh, with a Bible, why don't you go there? And so let me give you a little context um, he has, he knows that this is the night. This is the night that he will be taken. And the fear is not death. 
as we've talked about plenty of times when we've looked at the life of Jesus, death was in front of him and there's nothing to be afraid of. We've talked about that here so many times, but what is fearful is being separated from God. And so he knew that he was going to take on our sins. He knew he was going to take on the penalty. And that is this separation, that causes this separation from God. Light and dark cannot occupy the same space. And so the frightful part for Jesus, the thing that, he, that is dreadful, is being separated from the Father. And so he's in this moment, and we're going to watch and see how he deals specifically with this instance. And not only are we going to use this for our moments of being stuck in the space between, but especially for Lent. I want to encourage us to follow Jesus and copy what he did here during this Lenten season. Uh, we're going to look at what his friends did. We're going to look at what Jesus did. And so it says that they went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And so it was this, I've actually stood on the ground where this is, and they, uh, these amazing olive trees that are so old that the arborists say that these olive trees were there when Jesus was in this garden. So those same olive trees are there today. And it was a private garden, and Jesus goes there to pray. So the first thing that we see him do is that he turns to the Father. So when you're stuck in this space between, the first step is to turn to the Father. But prayer can mean all kinds of things, right? There's official prayers, like we read um, a prayer uh, just now. Um, there's ritual prayers like the, the Lord's Prayer. But this is a different kind of prayer. This is a pleading prayer. Um, I love when the Bible's translated into other languages. And so I'm going to give you a couple examples of that so you can listen to what kind of prayer, what kind of words are being said here from the perspective of someone not in our culture. So for example, there's this uh, Mayan culture. I, I'm going to mess up their name, so I'm not going to try it. But there's a T, a Z, and another Z, so you know it's going all kinds of crazy how to pronounce it. Um, this is how they translate the word prayer in this situation. The word prayer means to ask with one's heart coming out. You been in that place before? Are you there right now where you're praying and it's not a ritual prayer? It's not just, hey Lord, here I am, I'm here to listen, but it's one of those where your heart is coming out. That's what Jesus is praying right now. That's the kind of prayer he has. And so he says to his friends, sit here while I pray. And then it says he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. And then he says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And so when I usually read that, I think, okay, sorrowful, you're just, you're not, you're bummed. But again, let's look at how um, another culture translates this. Um, what he's saying, this is how the Navajos translated this. They said, um, they put these words to Jesus' prayer. My soul has gone over it so that it is like that it kills me. My soul has gone over it, like over a cliff, so that it is like that it kills me. Now, as this is happening, I want us to see something else that Jesus did. He brings his people with him. Because I read it, I said that he asked um, a few of the disciples, he said, come, come with me. And then he tells them, my soul is overwhelmed, but he brings his people. He did that in verse uh, 33. But then he says, here in verse 34, stay here and keep watch. He just needs them near. Even Jesus needed people near. So when you're stuck in that space between, we can go, okay, so I turn to God, but the idea of turning to God and turning to people, well, I don't want to burden them. I just heard that this week. Someone saying, I just don't want to be a burden. This one wife who's, who's struggling with mental illness right now, I was sitting with her and her husband, and she said, I just don't want to be a burden to him. And he's like, What? I want, I want to be here for you. So we feel like we're not supposed to do that. But even Jesus chose to lean on people. And so he brings Peter, James, and John, and he says, come. And not only come, but stay here 
about, he's asked him to stay like a little bit away so he could go be with a father, but like a stone's throw, which means like 30 yards. So all of us are within a, sto are within a stone's throw right now of each other. The first example of social distancing. And it says, then he began to pray. It says, going a little farther, he fell to the ground. So that's not a traditional way they would pray at Jesus' time. Have you ever been in that kind of position where you were just in such, your heart was coming out of you to the point where you fell to the, God, fell to the ground to beg, to plead from God? And that's what Jesus is doing. He's pleading. It's weird for us to think that way because we're like, uh, I've seen movies of heroes and they're not supposed to be like that. This is real life. And the idea of being separated from the Father, all of that is encompassed in that, which I, I don't even know how to teach that, so I'm not going to try to do that tonight, causes him to fall to the ground and he says, and pray that if it possible, the hour might pass from him. And he says, Abba, Father. So he says two things. He's bilingual here. Abba, which is Aramaic, and then Father, which was Hebrew. Abba, Father, Daddy, Father, everything is possible for you. So Jesus knows, like we should know, God can do whatever he wants, which is why we get frustrated when God doesn't do what we want him to do, as we talked about last week. And so he says, take this cup from me. Um, another translation of, of that cup is, is a time of suffering or another way that it's translated is a cup of heaviness. Take this cup of heaviness from me. So Jesus is asking, take it from me. Again, really? Did he really mean that? Or did, was it a metaphorical? Why would it be metaphorical? Take this cup from me. And this is the most powerful part. This is what we do when we're stuck in that space between. We turn to God. We invite our people with us. We, we ask, and then we surrender. Yet, not what I will, but you, what you will. Or, if you are willing to grant me what I want, but not the desire of my heart, but the desire of your heart. So be honest with God, but ultimately we've got to get to that place when we're in the space between to surrender and say, your will be done, which is what Jesus says on the way to the cross. And so he finishes this prayer. Well, at least takes an intermission. Watch what he does. He goes back to his people again. It says in verse 37 that he returned to his disciples, to his students, to his friends. And then he goes back to pray. And then in verse 39, it says he came back again. Once more, he went away and prayed for the same thing when he came back. So he, he just keeps coming back to them because he needs them. And then the last time, Mark 14, 41, he returns the third time. Now, when we see this situation, we think, oh, gosh, these lazy guys, they just fell asleep. But Luke... So Luke had the ability to hear what Mark said about it, which is really what Peter said about it, which is what we're looking at right here. So he gets that eyewitness account, and then he gets to look at what Matthew found in this other source, and he puts it together, and he finds something out that wasn't included in Mark. What was going on with the students? What was going on with his friends? And so in Luke 22, I want you to hear this. It says, When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted, from sorrow. The church is supposed to be that place where your friends will be exhausted from sorrow, praying for you to the point where they fall asleep. Not because they're lazy, but because they're with you, they're walking with you. And that's what it felt like for me with Chamba. I was like, Lord, I don't even know how to pray anymore. I just kept praying and praying because I, he's that valuable to me and to so many others. So I want to close with this. I want to bring us back to those steps because I want you to do that not only during Lent, but when you get stuck in these spaces between. You walk in the footsteps of Jesus, so we go to God our Father. We bring our people with us. We ask for we want what we want boldly, but then we surrender. 
not my will, but yours be done. Then we go back to our people, and then we just let his will come about. Now, I would encourage you to be persistent with God and keep banging on his door. He encourages us to continue to ask. But sometimes, as we talked about last week, the answer is no. And it doesn't make us happy, but we need to know that God says that as a father. He loves us, but he's also going to say no sometimes because he knows what is best. And that's why we say, your will be done. So I'm going to invite Billy back up to lead worship, which, by the way, is very cool for us that know Billy um, because, well, we've just known him for a while. We've known him when he was a, a little guy. And now... Um, I've got to see him, you know, lead music at a few places. And so I called him. I said, Billy, I know you live in San Diego, but if there's ever a time you could come up. And so we scheduled this a while ago. Um, just because I wanted you to be able to benefit from um, his gifts of leading us to the Father's throne. So we're going to do something that we're not used to doing here at Branches. We've never done it. And we decided, hey, what better time than during COVID? Uh, what it is, is, is in the uh, Catholic tradition, and in the Episcopal tradition, and in some more liturgical churches, they will do, um, they'll take the palm branches from the year before, for the week before Easter, um, they will take those palm branches, and they'll dry them out for a year, and then they will burn them. And then those ashes, and they'll mix it with some uh, oil so that it sticks. And then when you go to um, Ash Wednesday service, you know how you see on that Ash Wednesday, sometimes you'll see people with like dark spots on their head and you kind of forget and you're like, oh, hey, dude, you got something on your head. And they're like, yeah, I know, it's on purpose. And so they'll put the sign of the cross on their head and they're reminding, there's a purpose behind it. It's man-made, it's not, you're not gonna find it in the Bible, but it's so that we could remind each other that we're gonna be stuck in these spaces between because we're human that this journey here on earth is temporary, that what we walk with, these, 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 this, this is dust. In fact, the word Adam means earth. Now, it's COVID, so we couldn't figure out a way to do this and feel confident that we we're keeping everybody safe. And even the Catholic Church, they had these long meetings, which would be unique to hear how they did that, to decide for the entire world how the Catholic Church was gonna do Ash Wednesday. So this is what they've decided. They've decided they're going to take the ashes and then people are going to come up and they're going to sprinkle them on their heads. We decided that didn't really fit for us. Um, so we're taking a different approach. We, um, which by the way would have been not so good tonight with the wind because we would have dropped it and it would just blown into somebody's eyes um, about 50 feet away. What we're doing is over here we have a station and we have um, dust. Uh, charcoal, that's what that is, ashes. And um, they're in the individual cases, and you can wash your hands before you grab grab them. But anytime during the next two songs, um, you can come up and grab that. And then for you, if you came single, for you and a couple, for your family, um, during the next two songs, you can put the sign of the cross on your forehead. But I want to say this to you now. Um, If you could, could you put the, um, yeah, there you are. We want this to be what you remember. Because this is what the priests will say over people as they put the sign of the cross on their forehead. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. But that's your physical body. During this space between, we can always remember this is not our home. And that God, when he puts us in this space between, he's going to do something. There's a purpose in it. There's a purpose, and it's going to create something beautiful. So anytime during the next two songs, um, you can come over here to the station, and then Billy will lead us in worship.
branches I was thinking as we were worshiping and praying and what Luke's talked about in turning to God and turning to others and it's this muscle that feels like for me has been atrophied in the idea of turning to the others part we've gotten so used to being isolated and it's going to take a flexing of a, of, of a muscle that's gone really dormant in our lives to turn to each other and say that we need you and that the kingdom needs you and that I need you I'll model first to say to the church that I need you. I need you guys. And uh, I want to pray now as we close to turn our hearts to the Lord, to say, Lord, that we need you. Like we've sung, Lord, I need you. And our heart and my heart would be that as a church, we start to model to each other what it's like to say, I need you, and that we need each other. Let's pray. Father, we've said these words about needing you, and expressed our heart's desires of what it is to to stand in your debt and needing you for our daily sustenance, every heartbeat, all the health that we have, every day that we wake, we know that is a gift from you, Father. But I pray it doesn't become just words, that it becomes truly an expression of the truth that we know, that as we think is as we feel. And so if we ascend our minds to the idea that we really do need you, Lord, Spirit, move in us so that our our reaction, our instinct, is to turn to you. That it doesn't come out of duty, but out of delight. And make it so that as we walk through the day and as we go from here, as we rest our heads tonight, that our instinct is to lift our eyes to the horizon and look to you, our Savior. God, give us the strength and the vulnerability to turn to each other and to say, brother, sister, I need you. I need your help. We know that this church is not strong because of our inerrant strengths as individuals, but Father, this sum of parts, there is something wonderful we know that, that comes together when we gather together. So as we continue to gather, as weekly we get together, help us to say to each other, Lord, that, friend, we need you. We need you here. We need you in our lives. We need you a part of what we're doing. So God, we thank you for the ways that you are highlighting our need of you. 
May we go in grace and in joy and in love. We love you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Allie. Hi, guys. So Kim's not here, so I will be doing the family business tonight. So we've got Lent boxes over on the table. If you guys have kids, um, grab one of those on your way out. It's got just like lots of fun little activities you can do as a family for Lent. Um, so make sure you grab one of those. And then next weekend, we'll be meeting at 4.30 instead of 5.30. So yeah, there you go. Write that in your calendar. Um, and we will see you guys next weekend at 4.30. That is the end. <laughs>